Let's talk about the radio reference database. How does it get information? How does it work? How do things get published? And what does it take to get something removed from the database? That's actually harder than you might think. Coming up right now on the podcast. All units stand free. It now appears as though shots are being fired. All officers use caution. It has been confirmed. Suspects are armed and are firing at police. Welcome to Scanner School. My name is Phil Lichtenberger, and this podcast is here to teach you everything to know about the scanner radio hobby. Today, we are talking about the radio reference database, probably something that every scanner radio user should be aware of. If you already don't know what it is, it's a giant community repository that has tons of information about frequencies, trunk systems, talk groups, nationwide systems, local systems, countywide, statewide, et cetera, et cetera, right? And that's the whole point of the radio reference database is become the largest user contributed frequency database. And it really is. And Lindsay has done an outstanding job at building this platform. And he keeps improving on it, which is really what makes it something that is uh, alive, right? It, it's constantly evolving. And uh, again, what Lindsay has, has built, developed, and nurtured and everything else throughout the years. I mean, hat tip to you, Lindsay. Really, really awesome job. So not only does the radio reference database have frequencies from the US and North America, but it's expanded now and it includes worldwide frequencies, right? Frequencies from across the globe. And the trick here though, is that the database comes from the scanner radio community. This basically means where there's more users listening to the scanner, there should be more input, there should be more valid data. In areas that you may not be able to have a scanner or own a scanner legally, yeah, the data in there could be pretty thin. So again, the database information comes from the scanner community, which is supposed to be verified information that is currently in use before the information is submitted into the database. And being, again, that the radio reference database is user-driven, it takes submissions from across the globe in order to keep it updated. And again, depending on national laws, some database areas might be a little thin when compared to other locations where there's no restrictions on owning a scanner radio. Now, here in the U.S., the database it gets information, again, directly from the user base, but not directly from the FCC database. And when talking to a lot of scanner radio users, this is something that they did not realize. They thought that, oh, you know, the FCC database gets inf its information from radio reference or radio reference gets its information directly from the FCC database. No, not at all. That is not how it happens. How come? Well, let's look at it this way. Not all the frequencies that are licensed are actually in use. 
yes, there could be some agencies or departments that you could say will poach or will sit on frequencies because they have deep pockets or they understand that it could be harder in the future to gain frequencies. So they try to gobble up as many as they can now. Or they are in need of frequencies and they realize that somebody else's frequency might be expiring. And instead of doing the right thing and saying, hey, psst, buddy, you may want to renew that frequency. No, no, no. They wait for it to expire. And then they apply for that frequency and take ownership of it. Yeah, these things happen. And I, I know that they do happen. I've seen it happen, especially locally where I live. But not all licensed frequencies may be used by the person or the agency that owns that frequency. For example, it could be an agreed upon frequency to be used in a community setting or a battalion setting or a division setting, right? It could be used for a county use. So like a, a county may license a frequency and say, okay, this division uses this set and this division uses that set. And again, I've seen it happen before. So you don't want to go into radio reference and say, well, that's a county frequency when really it's a division frequency or something like that. What also may happen too, again, is one agency may license it, but they say, okay, you know, we'll do the neighborly thing and we will let you use this frequency in the meantime because we are not using it. And other things that happen too is sometimes that uh, the frequencies expire and nobody seems to know about it and the frequency continues to be in use. So you may find things like that happening as well. So this is kind of why the radio reference database is completely independent from the FCC licensing website and from everything that happens with the FCC. Plus, again, the FCC doesn't exist outside of the United States. So again, there has to be a way to work around not having an FCC database. So again, this is exactly what makes the radio reference database unique. It's supposed to be a user-contributed, verified, active, informational database. So what about information that is submitted from other sources? Well, again, that is also frowned upon. So in other words, you shouldn't go to another website, another wiki, and just rip the data off their website and submit it into the radio reference database and say, hey, you know, this is what's in use over here. No, no, no. You need to have actual known frequencies. And again, the admin team at Radio Reference is pretty good at finding out where the user lives and where they are trying to submit information to. Not like what street address they have, but say, okay, this user has been submitting information for San Francisco, New York City, Salt Lake City, Orlando, Ontario, Toronto. And again, how does one user know all these different frequencies? They don't. They're basically combing the FCC website, they're combing other frequencies, and they're submitting them to get their internet points. We know what you're submitting, so we know how to flag you if you are doing something like that. Again, admins talk, and they say, hey, this user's doing this, and they go, oh, yeah, I just got a bunch of submissions from that guy, too, I thought it was very strange. So that's how you kind of get yourself on a watch list by submitting information. So if you're going to, say, take a vacation out of state, Maybe you say on your submission, hey, you know, I was vacationing in Atlantic City and I've noticed that these frequencies are in use by this casino. Or I was vacationing in Las Vegas and, right? So give a, a quick generalization like, hey, I was vacationing here or I was visiting my, my kids in school or something like that. So that when you are outside of your normal geographical area, 
things make sense. Okay, little detour here, but that's fine. So what happens if a licensee wants their information removed from the radio reference database? <laughs> well, that is actually pretty difficult. According to the radio reference database admin handbook in section 3.2, I'm going to quote here, read it. Valid and confirmed data of any kind shall never be removed from the database. RadioReference.com does not honor requests to remove information unless required by court order. Exceptions to this policy will only be granted by Radio References president. Now, if you want to read this with your on your own devices, whatever, you can easily go to the Radio Reference database. In the left-hand column of the database, you can scroll down until you see the database handbook. Anybody can read the handbook and see what it takes to be a database admin and what the rules and regulations are of the radio reference database. And we've talked about submitting information to the database. How do you do it? How would you add the information that you have that you know about that you want to share or maybe the information you know about that's incorrect that you want to correct? How do you do it? Well, the first thing you need is a radio reference account. Pretty simple. You go to radioreference.com and you create a free account. Then you navigate to the database by clicking on the database link on the main menu bar at radioreference.com. Or you can go directly to radioreference.com slash apps slash DB. Of course, that'll take you right in. When you get to the main radio reference database page, you can see a bunch of blue icons. And this is how it currently looks at the end of 2023. And there's going to be a button that says submit. You're going to want to press that button. You're going to want to fill in the blanks and hit submit. Now, again, make sure the information is complete and verified. And if you're submitting updates to the database, please do me and the other admins a favor and make sure you indicate what is old and what is new. Do not... Just dump a bunch of frequencies in and expect the Radio Reference Database admin team to comb through your submission and figure out what is changing and what is not changing. I can't tell you how many times I get a submission that is just a dump from a radio and says, this is the latest channel guides used by our, our division or our battalion. Great. So you want me to go through 100 frequencies and figure out what's different? No. No. That's the fastest way for somebody like me to send that back to you and say, no, tell me what's different or I'm closing out this and you could resubmit. Because seriously, that's just a low quality effort to try and get something done. And we do this basically because we enjoy the hobby and uh, I'm not sitting there and, and combing through line by line to figure out what it is that you are trying to say. Sorry to be blunt, but that's just the way that it is. So if you're looking to make a quality submission, again, specify. This is new. This is updating or something like that. And again, don't be afraid of copying the existing columns from radio reference in the database and using those same columns when you submit. It makes it very easy for us to just copy and paste into the database when things are following the same structure. So on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about how you can find information to send to radio reference if you want to get started and also, why is there a premium and a freemium account when it comes to database and what each person gets you? As a reminder, anybody who's a Patreon supporter at the $3 or a month level 
doesn't get this upcoming break, you can help support the podcast by going to scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Everybody else, we'll catch you all in just a moment. Chances are pretty good that you shop online and buy things online. So whether it's Amazon or eBay or Scanner Master, maybe you got a new radio and you're going to buy new software from Butel. You can help support the podcast with your online purchases. If you use our support page before buying things online, you can support our show without it costing you a single cent. So before you buy your groceries, your golf balls, your socks, or maybe a new radio, software, or whatever it is. We would love it if you could use our affiliate links before you make that purchase. And this will help support the show at no additional cost to you. Go to scannerschool.com support to find out how you can help us out. Thanks again. Do you feel lost when it comes to the scanner hobby? Are you looking for someone to answer your questions? Do you have a new radio and you need help understanding how it works? Or are you working on a big project and need somebody to bounce ideas off of? Do you need a little bit more personal assistance than what you can get from an online community? And are you looking for somebody to dedicate their attention and their time to helping you out when it comes to getting you unstuck with whatever it is that you are struggling with when it comes to the scanner radio hobby? I'm here to do just that. See, you can book me for a session right now where I'll sit on Zoom and do a video or a screen share with you just as if I am sitting across the table and helping you out. You can book your tutoring session right now by going to scannerschool.com slash tutoring. I can't wait to help you out. Unication's G2 to G5 pages are great additions to your radio collection. Not only can they alert you with two-tone pager activations, but they can also monitor your local P25 simulcast systems that many scanner radios have problems receiving. And of course, many of our scanner school listeners are happily using their Unication pagers to scan their local trunk systems. How do I know? Because they've reached out to tell me. My company, East Coast Pagers, is an authorized Unication, Swiss phone, and Apollo pager dealer. We not only support departments and agencies, but also the home hobby user as well. Find us online at eastcoastpagers.com. Okay, so you want to get started. You want to help out the community. You want to start finding things to submit to the radio reference database. Well, here we go. What's the easiest way to do it? Well, you know, one of the more difficult ways is to try and just do a search on your scanner and find out what's new and who's using it. And again, like we always say the secrets are in the searches. And of course, you can do that. I mean, that's a lot of fun doing that, scanning through, searching through, finding needles in the RF haystack, right? But an easier way of doing this, if you want to get your feet wet, you want to put toe in the, in the water here, is you can program in a trunked system in your scanner. And you can load in and save in all of the known talk groups in the database in your scanner. And then lock them all out. Then put your scanner into ID search mode. And find out and listen for any talk groups that are active. These talk groups are probably going to be new ones because you've locked out all the ones in your scanner. Verify it. Go to the Ray Reference database. See if you see that talk group already defined. If not, lock it down and listen to it. Who is it? This is where exciting things happen. This is when you start pulling back the layers of the onion and finding new things to listen to. And this is part of what makes the scanner radio hobby, especially as somebody like me. The secrets are in the searches. It's what I keep saying. It's kind of one of the mantras here at Scanner School. The secrets are in the searches. And this is a very easy and 
fun way to find something new. Hey, if you want to have a better success at doing this, look at the reference database for your area. Find a trunked radio system that has been built in the database, but there's no talk groups. Hmm, why are there no talk groups? Somebody knows there's a system here. Well, it's either because the system isn't compatible with today's scanners or nobody's actually listened long enough to log anything. And you can really find a lot of talk groups on NXDN or LTR or DMR systems that haven't been logged, especially if you listen between nine and five business hours during a work week. That's when you may find a lot of interesting conversations in talk groups. Even systems that have a small number of talk groups, you may find a new active talk group. The exceptions being smaller groups specifically built for, say, a town or a village. Those are typically mapped out pretty well. But again, if it's not something that's of interest to the entire radio reference community, something might have changed since the last time somebody has submitted information. Again, when they're building out brand new trunk systems, that's a great time to start looking and seeing what's new and submitting that into the database. Because again, a lot of stuff is brand new. It's not mapped out yet. But you also may have a lot of eyes and ears on a brand new trunk system because people want to know exactly who is on there. So those are some easy ways right there that you can get into submitting information into the Radio Reference Database. Find an existing trunk radio system that's there and start finding out the talk groups. And again, you are doing everybody a favor here because if you take a trunk system with no talk groups, that means software like Sentinel and EasyScan won't bring in a system. I know it's true for Sentinel. I got to double check that on EasyScan. But there's no talk groups, it doesn't import the whole trunk system. By having at least one trunk talk group in there, now that trunk system can be brought into Sentinel. What about the differences between freemium and paid? And why should you pay for database privileges? That's pretty much a user-contributed system that's run by a bunch of volunteers. Well, first of all, under a free account, let's look at it this way, you get plenty of benefits. You can view the information on the database, navigate, scroll, take screenshots, right? So your heart's content. You can update the database with a free account and also with a paid account. You can even copy and paste data from both accounts, right? But the benefits are really there for when you pay for it. You can use third-party programming software to program your scanner, like FreeScan, ProScan, and even software from Utel. That is the API that's opened up to you to allow you to bring things in. Now, again, if you have a, a Home Patrol scanner or a, a Whistler, GRE, RioShack that uses the EasyScan type of backend, that licensing is all part of the scanner. But again, if you have a Home Patrol database and you want, or a Home Patrol scanner and you want to use ProScan or Butel, well, now you're outside of that Sentinel, Sentinel access and you would need, again, to have premium membership. You can get PDF and CSV downloads. That is great when it comes to building DSD Plus and other files like that. Think about Unitrunker downloads for software-defined radios and, and Trunk SDR, right? This is really where you're going to want to have the, uh, the premium access to the database. 
Also, you get advanced searching and reporting capabilities built into your account also. Now, outside of Radio Reference, you have access to all the live audio broadcast archives in Broadcastify. You have custom watch lists on Radio Reference and my Broadcastify. And again, I use these watch lists all the time on Radio Reference to find uh, activity in certain forums and groups that I want to make sure I keep my finger on the pulse. And you also have access to post advertisements in the declassified sections. And of course, no advertisements. But again, I think Radio Reference now also shut off advertisements as well, which is really cool. So you can see there's a lot of benefits to having a premium account over at Radio Reference. And it's very affordable too. Definitely not something that's going to break the bank. And again, something that um, for what you get, the value is is certainly there. So hopefully you now understand how the Radio Reference database works, how data is submitted, how data can be farmed by using third-party software, and also what the benefits of premium access are. Again, you can go to radioreference.com, click on the database link at the top of the page, or you can go to radioreference.com slash apps slash DB in order to go there. Now, again, I am not an affiliate. I am just a big fan of what Lindsay's built over at Radio Reference. And again, it's the Mecca. It is the biggest radio scanner website out there. And it is definitely well done. And it's definitely something that you should take advantage of if you're not currently looking there. Now, if there's something that I missed, or if you have any comments about the Radio Reference database, you can join us over at Discord. Join your scanner, schooled scanners community by going to scannerschool.com slash discord or over at scannerschool.com slash Facebook group. And if you need help looking things up in the new Radio Reference Database platform, I've got a video over on our YouTube channel, and we will link to that in the description in this podcast episode so you can go ahead and get a quick tutorial on how to navigate the Radio Reference Database. Before we wrap up this week's podcast, I want to take a minute here to thank all of our Patreon supporters. Alan Gonzalez, Arthur Heron, Bill Kay, Bob Robs, Bob Middleton, Brandon Sammons, Brian Arsenal, Chris Paris, Classic Hank, Craig Harper, Dan, Daniel Chiavolella, Dave Pasco, David, David C., David Kuzneski, David Robertson, Danny Crotty, Ed Walsh, Glenn Davos, Greg Johnson, I Hate Junk Mail, Jack Haycock, Jacques Berry, Jake Jacobson, James Felling, Jay Reed, Jeff Block, Jeff Chapman, Jeff Waldrop, Jenny Taylor, Jim B., Jim Heinrich, John Kordoff, John Keel, John Sweeney, John Derby, John Goldenberg, John Joshua Robb, Ken Newberry, Kenneth Fowler, Kevin's Wiki, Lenny Bauer, Les Stevenson, Lloyd R., Luke Hartnett, Mark Beebe, Mason Kramer, Michael Gorman, Michael Kroger, Michael Meadows, Mike Lopez, Mike Piltz, Nicholas Stenger, Paul Bowling, Paul Teal, Randy Young, Raymond Hill, Rich Palmieri, Ronnie Box, Scott Lefgrand, Thomas Giampino, Todd Glendie, and William Arcand. Find out more about Patreon and our support tiers by visiting scannerschool.com slash Patreon. Thanks again for listening. We'll catch you again next week. 73.